All right, Vitamizers, welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. I'm Allison here with MSW Lounge, and I am actually recording from Washington, D.C. this week, but MSW Lounge is located in Austin, Texas, in Westlake Hills, and I'm so excited for this week's guest. He is one of my dear, dear friends. But um, before we get into it, um, as always, this podcast is brought to you by MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways for you to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. We're also brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. Last but not least, we are sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. Okay, guys. Our guest for episode 49 is Dr. Guillermo Ruiz. He is a fascinating person who is a naturopathic medical doctor in Phoenix, Arizona. He works at Integrative Health, um, which was founded by Dr. Alan Christensen, author of The Adrenal Reset Diet. And Guillermo's specialty is plant medicine um, and kind of blending um, naturopathic remedies with herbs and things of that nature with Western science and uh, treatment protocols as needed. He and I are good friends uh, through paleo effects, which um, is mentioned, of course. And uh, I'm just really excited that Guillermo and John and Baldo all talk to one another since I love all three of them. So I'm going to let them take this, but I hope you enjoy episode 49, Dr. Guillermo Ruiz. Sweet. All right. Well, um, let's get this party started. So welcome to the Howdy Health Podcast. This is uh, episode 49 with uh, at uh, Paleo FX, one of the many contacts that we've made at uh, Paleo FX. If you haven't been to that event, like you should totally do that. Um, but uh, 3030 Strong is a company that, uh, that, that you own, that you have passion for. I know you're out in Arizona. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you some more a little bit. Let me just say, uh, we got Nurse Doza as well over here, and we're gonna get we're gonna geek out. Is that right, Guillermo? Oh yeah, no, it was it's it's gonna be a geeking out time. Just nice. you know, right on time for Halloween. Right on time for Halloween. All right, and, you, uh, and you, I'm Tex Mex Yogi, so let's get this started. Do you prefer Doctor Ruiz, or or can we call you Guillermo? Oh, you guys call me as long as you don't call me late for dinner. That's cool, man. Hey, all right, cool. That's good. Now, now we're relaxed, right? All, all right. right, that's cool. So, 
so yeah, so before we started, we met at PaleFX. You spoke in what said four years now. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. This is my third year speaking at PaleoFX. Yeah, okay. and pretty cool. You know, I've been to PaleoFX uh, ever since my first one was twenty thirteen. You know, uh, and and it, it was kind of cool. You know, it's like um, I I got into this health stuff through through you know uh, Rob Wolf and Chris Cresser and all those guys, and you know I remember being on the other side of the stage. And uh, I went to this to this talk called uh, the Mark and Rob Show. This is back in 2014, 2013. Don't remember correctly. But at that point, you know, I had been reading blogs. I had been, you know, uh, listening to podcasts and, you know, doing the paleo thing. And they say, you know, we're old and it's your turn. And I really took it to heart. And I decided that, you know, I wanted to do what they're doing. So uh, I said, let's do this. And um, I came back to uh, school and I was like, okay, I need to have something to present. I need to be, you know, bring some value to this movement and uh, started doing research with botanicals. Uh, and then once I published my first paper, I sent uh, Rob a message, an email message. And I was like, hey, dude, remember a couple of years ago when you said that it was our turn? Okay, I've done all of this shit. And I need a soapbox. And the dude is just such an awesome guy. He was like, no problem, man. And he had me on his podcast. And, and you know, it's been amazing ever since. That's awesome. Uh, That's awesome. Rob, Rob Wolf uh, and like Mark Sesson. You have, I mean, even, your, even the guy you work with, Dr. Alan Christensen, like a lot of these guys have uh, been getting really big and popular. And it's not just bulletproof. It's not just, you know, uh, just a handful of names. You got a bunch of people who have started something where people are, are invested in, in, right? Like they, they say, this is our health. We, we're caring about what we do to our bodies. The term biohacking. I mean, you're, I don't know if you consider yourself a biohacker. I mean, I think that's a very vague term for most people. I think you're, you're a very educated gentleman. You understand biochemistry. You said biotanicals. Tell us a little bit more. Why, why biotanicals right now? Uh, you know, it, it it's funny. Uh, I, I do consider, you know, I, I'm not, I don't consider myself a biohacker. Uh, I, I don't think that you can hack your health. I don't think there's any shortcuts to health. I think right. that, that you can do things, uh, to get through periods of your life that might be kind of crazy, you know, like for example, um, uh, during, during school and, in, in uh, I wouldn't have survived without caffeine. <laughs> and at some yeah. point, you have to uh, study and pass those exams and, and you're super stressed. And, you know, so is that a biohack? Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you can consider that a biohack, but that is not a sustainable model. And, and that to me is very important. I knew that that wasn't uh, the best thing that I could be doing for my health. Uh, so for this reason, uh, for this reason, um, I think that it's it's important to um, it's important to uh, to be able to uh, understand what's going on with your life, understand what uh, how to not try to create a shortcut that in the end is digging deeper into a hole. 
Um, funny enough, I was just recently invited to present at a, at a conference in Toronto, the Spark Conference, and it's a biohacking conference. Uh, and and uh, when I went there, you know, you do see a lot of people are trying to hijack, you know, what, what it's health. And, and unfortunately, you cannot out-supplement a nutritionally dense diet. You cannot out-supplement sleep. You, I wish you could. You know, yeah. but anytime you do something like that, you're sacrificing something. Yeah. Uh, if you if you are a CEO and you have to fly all over the world and you are you know you can't uh, you're depending on your circadian rhythms and and you can't have uh, uh, you sometimes you have to fly red uh, you know uh, red eyes. You can do things to help you survive through those moments, but you gotta be very aware that. The most important thing you can do for your for your health is uh, sleep well. You ha- you have to have a solid diet, and you have to have the foundations of health for you to be successful. Hey, yo, we're gonna move inside because cool. we think it's a little. It said it was unstable. <laughs> Cool. All right. All right. Let's turn this on. That's much better. Perfect. All right. So we cut most of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is recording, so we cut all of it. (laughs) Perfect. Well, that that works. all right, here we go. For those viewers, <laughs> we're going to be on different side of the screen now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, now everyone's confused, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I think we're much better now. All right, uh, take two. Well, here. dude, it's funny because they always ask if we're brothers, right? And so <laughs> this is, maybe they just won't tell the difference. All right. Cool. <laughs> we're separate screens now. I love it. All yeah. right, this is much better. Okay, so. So yeah, I don't I don't necessarily consider myself a biohacker. I know you don't. Most of the time when you're dealing with the body, you just if you understand what it does, you're going to choose the most reasonable way to go about treating whatever issue is going on, right? Like you're you're a man of medicine, so do no harm, right? So a lot of times if you tell someone go get some sleep and don't take an Ambien to do so, then you're recommending something of a quality of life, you know, increase. And you're right, there's no supplementation for sleep. It's it's People take magnesium, they, you know, they drink alcohol, they, you know, they'll do whatever to try to get that sleep. But like Dr. Kirk Parsley, which, you know, from Palo FX as well, um, you know, he said, you can't catch up on sleep. It's a sleep debt that you will never, never catch up on. So uh, how much sleep do you get a night? Not enough. (laughs) (laughs) uh, You know, uh, it's one you, so, so two weeks ago, uh, I, I was in Toronto, so I, you know, complete shift on on the time zone you know uh really cool thing about arizona is that we don't follow the daylight savings so we are on a constant clock and that's amazing because uh, after that time savings happened there's a couple of weeks where i you know i felt like crap when i was living in florida well here in arizona we don't have that but i i had to fly to toronto which is three hours behind so that was like like a super shift you know so it was like nine o'clock in my head 
it was midnight in Toronto. And then I had to wake up at seven, which was four o'clock in the morning, my time. And yeah. so, so that was, that was fucked, you know? So that was, yeah. that was three week, three weekends ago. And then last weekend, so I, I fly back from Toronto. I go to work for two days and then I fly to Vegas because if you yeah. work hard, you got to play hard, you know? So yeah. you go to Vegas, uh, you're not going to be sleeping a lot. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. And then, uh, and then this, this coming weekend, I'm flying to, uh, to uh, Portland, Oregon, and I'm doing another conference in Portland. So yeah. that's three weekends in a row where I'm just, you know, it, it's insane, you know, uh, but it's so much fun to connect with people, you know, and, and being able to present, you know, last night I presented for, you guys know James Maskell? Uh, no. He was at Paleo FX. He's doing this awesome thing across the, you know, the United States where he, he uh, rented a, a tour bus and he's going you know, from city to city presenting about functional medicine. And uh, he did an event last night here in, uh, in uh, Arizona and I was invited to present uh, that. And you know, so, of course, I'm not going to say no to James. And uh, pretty good turnout, very exciting event. Uh, and you have to learn to manage your, your, um, your responsibilities. Um, and of course I'm going to be, I'm going to be dead tired, you know, uh, by the end of next week. But, uh, you know, for those weeks where I'm not going to be traveling for those weeks and I'm not going to, uh, be all over the place, I'm going to make sure that I protect my sleep. You know, funny thing when I was in school and we had like final exams, People would be like, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm going to eat whatever I want, you know, go get the Ben and Jerry's and whatever, you know. And that's not how I see stress. The more stressed I am, the more things that I can, the, the, the more I, I try to eat the healthiest diet that I can eat because that's one stressor that I can control. So, you know, instead of like just kicking my heels up when I'm super stressed, that's when I'm like super, you know, even a, a little bit low carb, you know, um, meat and vegetables just, you know, on point because I know that I can't control my sleep. I know I'm going to be stressed out because of all the presentations, but I know that I can control what I'm shoveling into my mouth. So, yeah. uh, and, and that's super, super important to manage stress. And you guys know, you know, being an entrepreneur is hard. Oh, man. Uh, dude. We just, while well, being in Austin, we have all this music and we've been doing all these music festivals, like working at them long hours. And then, of course, still wanting to enjoy the music as well, too. So we pulled some all nighters as well. It's not. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I look at it. If you're going to do all that, then you got to be taking at least an adrenal support or some kind of multivitamin adrenal mix because, uh, I mean, you traveling that much? I know living out of a suitcase is not easy, right? And if you're traveling in different time zones and jet lag, I mean, I know we talked about it. You're like, hey, I want an IV, right? Like if, yeah. if you would have been here in Austin, I definitely would have you up with an IV. But like uh, it, it's, it's a replenishment, right? Because we drain our bodies. And, and the, the thing with stress, and I, I preach this all the time, and I know you do too to your patients, that when you essentially continue to run on adrenaline and caffeine, you know, you're not getting, and of course, you know, sleep deprivation will kick in. You're not getting, your, your hormones aren't functioning better, right? Your endocrine system's not working. Your brain's not functioning. You know, like your, your thought process is not there. And what's interesting about like paleo effects, I keep referring back to this because it was just such a, a different 
group of people with the same mindset. They're entrepreneurs that want to function better, right? Like, yeah, you went to Vegas, but you're not doing that every weekend, right? You're, you're speaking, like you're going and traveling, like you can't afford to go to Vegas every other weekend because like you wouldn't make it work, right? I wish it could. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like we, we, we wish we could, if we do, uh, maybe you're in your early 20s and you're able to pull it off, but as you get older, it just kind of wears on you, right? And yeah. so, you know, there's, there's things that, you know, we do to kind of, you know, maintain uh, and, and be able to actually, you know, be productive. What, it, what do you do like on a daily, you know, routine that's just like essential for you? Like, what do you do to kind of, you know, give back to yourself? Well, you know, so something that has been uh, is returning such really high dividends is that, you know, with the new iPhone op update, uh, you can set up uh, screen time to see, yeah. to monitor how, you know, yeah. how much you're using your phone. But even more important, you know, I was at a conference uh, in, in San Diego, uh, Mindshare, and uh, Brendan Burchard was, was speaking, and yeah. he was talking about how highly effective people don't check social media and don't check emails first thing in the morning. And it is such an, an addiction to have those things on, your, on yourself. I love technology, you know, and I like being connected. Um, but just imagine in the, 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 the example that he gave us, it was like brilliant. Imagine if you're going to school and as soon as you step into school, into the, into the campus, they give you all your hormone, uh, all your homework for the day. So that's your emails. Okay. Yeah. And then everyone starts like looking at you and you start comparing yourself with the other, with the other students and that's social media. So what, what very effective people do is they don't check so, social media first thing in the morning and they don't check their emails. They do batch email answering. So I've set up my phone to block every single app from the moment I wake up until eight o'clock in the morning. So, so from six o'clock in the morning when I wake up until eight, uh, you know, like you grab your phone and, and you can click on the app, but then you have to put a password in that little barrier is enough to, to, to tell you, you know what, you don't need to be doing this at this moment. Yeah. And just because just by doing that, you know, like I set myself and I am so much more productive. So I get out of the house faster. You know, I get to enjoy my morning rituals, you know, uh, waking up, you know, uh, you know, playing with my dog a little bit, you know, uh, making my coffee in, uh, setting up my, you know, my, uh, my bag for the day. And then, and then I get on the car and I still can't check any social media or any, any emails or, you know, texts have to come in just in case of an emergency. But, uh, I get on the car and I do my commute. I get to work and I still have like a 10 minute buffer where I don't have email, I don't have social media, and then I get to say hello to my coworkers. And then finally, you know, at eight o'clock, that's when I can sit down. And you know what I noticed? If you grab your phone and you check your email at six in the morning, okay, you'll have like eight emails. And it's going to be all bullshit. You know, it's all, this, all those lists that we've signed up for. It's all those promotions. And, you know, and from eight o'clock in the morning, Sorry, from six o'clock in the morning until eight o'clock in the morning, my email goes from like eight emails to like 22 emails and the majority of them are spam. So before, you know, like and you might have one or two emails that are, that are going to be important. Okay. But before from six until eight, I was like checking every five minutes, you know, and deleting things. Now 
at eight o'clock in the morning, I sit down at my desk, I have all the emails and I can batch delete everything that was not important. And if there was something important enough to grab my attention, people got my phone number, people can text me, you know, if they need to get a hold of me for something important, they're going to call me. They're not going to email me. And that right there has been like, I started doing this back in July, I think. Uh, And it was really hard because that uh, screen time feature was not on. But now that that screen time uh, feature has been on since like August, man, life changing, life changing. It's so awesome. Yeah, I like it too. I use it. Mine is, uh, I have mine from 9 p.m. to 8 a.m. I just don't, I don't even yeah, I don't even bother with it. But then I also I should I should answer more phone calls though because I don't like answering. <laughs> I gave him some shit yesterday, past yeah. couple of days, because uh, apparently the call forwarding at the office was going to his phone. I didn't know that. And so he like there's, <laughs> there's a bunch of voicemails, and I was like, you need to check your voicemail. He's like, I don't check voicemails. And then he goes, and then he leaves on his voicemail. You can text me. Don't leave a voicemail. Yeah, I and, check my text messages. Yeah, and so I was like, well. The thing about it is you, you have it too. You have older clients. You have people that don't necessarily do that. So it's like, hey, that's fine. But if the call is going to be forwarded to your phone, you need to take that off, you know, yeah. so you don't well, have to worry about it. Yeah, and, and you can get into the problem that, you know, what if someone is like in the emergency department, you have to like make an emergency call. So it's, it's a little oh. bit different, you know. I, uh, we do, and that's another thing, you know, whenever we select a profession, you know, we we have to, sacrifice you know and if and if you decide to become a a health practitioner you're gonna make a couple of sacrifices for example you're not gonna be eating like an idiot anymore (laughs) because you have to set an example i hope not not. uh you're not going to you know you're if if like in my case you know if if someone calls me in the middle of the night uh and it's an emergency i i made that sacrifice when i took my oath Uh, and and things like you know being drunk in public that's out of the question you know like all of those things uh you make those sacrifices and and i'm i'm okay with that you know i chose my profession uh but yeah no would, wouldn't be the life just to have one of those uh phones with like a keypad and that's it <laughs> that would yeah. be so awesome we yeah. would be so much more productive oh i know i the thing about it is is that you if you go to Medical school, you go to any type of program where you become a healthcare professional, you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to, sorry, my kids over here. Uh, (laughs) uh, You're going to be able to actually take that oath and and be able to say, hey, you know, I'm going to do everything I can in my power to help someone, uh, you know, become healthier, become uh, more independent away from medicine and, and being able to maybe take care of their own health and, and giving the educational aspect to a patient to where they understand what their health is. It's, I mean, it's time consuming, right? You, I don't know how many patients you see in a day, uh, you, maybe 20, maybe in actuality 30, because then you're charting and then you're actually like, you know, talking to someone on the phone, answering emails. I, I, gave my phone out to uh, my phone number to a lot of my clients when I first started off because I was concierge, you know, right? Yeah. And exactly. So, so when you talked about like people calling late night, like there was a couple of times I got calls late, but it wasn't for emergencies. Like it was yeah. like more like, man, I got a, I got this horrible, like just weird feeling about my thyroid and I need to get it checked tomorrow. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, that's cool, man. Like we could totally do that, but you know, call me tomorrow and we'll take care of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, whenever someone leaves a message and you listen to a message and you, you, you can really tell when someone's having a, an emergency or, you know, having trouble and, and, and as a practitioner, you have to answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
it actually, it makes you feel good when someone does reach out to you totally. because the truth is, is that, you know, out of all the people that they could consider, they consider you. And the truth is when, when someone refers to you as, you know, their, their doctor, their practitioner, they look at you as a, as a healer, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what you are. And as, as a doctor, uh, you, you treat chronic conditions, right? You, you mentioned stress earlier and, you know, I've seen the list of things and we, I've heard you speak about it, you know, the chronic illnesses that you treat, it, it's a wide array of different, you know, diseases, diabetes, you know, thyroid disorders, uh, you, you do heavy metal toxins, right, as well. Like, I mean, you've been trained in all that stuff. What, what is it that you see now that just you kind of keep gravitating towards right now? Like, what is it you, you're seeing a lot of right now? Well, you know, uh, I, I, I am doing a residency in endocrinology. So I, um, the big bulk of things that I see is endocrinology, you know, uh, problems, you know, type 2 diabetes, uh, Hashimoto's steroiditis, Graves disease, uh, you know, uh, adrenal insufficiency. And, and uh, I, yesterday, you know, someone asked me, um, when, when you treat, you know, when, if, you, if I come see you as a patient, um, would, would I need a different doctor for, to treat the rest of me? You know, and, and uh, the, the, the dirty secret is that uh, I specialize in, in endocrinology because I see endocrinology as the nexus between lifestyle and hormones, you know, like physio physiology and lifestyle. That's, that's where endocrinology is like the lever. So if you have a shitty diet, you're going to develop diabetes. So shitty diet being a lifestyle, diabetes being the physiological problem of being insulin resistant. Okay. Uh, in reality, I know that a lot of the lifestyle habits that we have is what's making us sick. And I knew that I was going to cast a wide net by going into endocrinology. But you come in for the endocrinology, you leave with a whole body approach because you yeah. are not just your thyroid. You are not just your pancreas. You are not just your testicles, you know. Uh, yeah. And by, by being able to, uh, to market or niche out and, and, and self-select the patients that I want, you know, you come in and I'm not just treating your thyroid. I'm treating your digestive system. I'm treating, you know, uh, chronic conditions. And, and, and that is very, very fulfilling. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, I've told countless people, it's not hormone replacement therapy, it's, it's hormone balancing therapy, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the truth is, even if you want to get down to the nitty gritty of even weight loss and metabolism, it's all, it's all hormone related, right? It's insulin, it's cortisol, you know, inflammation, uh, you know, looking at things like Hashimoto's, I know you see it, it's way too common. It's way yeah. too common. And one of those things that if it was addressed correctly at the beginning, they wouldn't have had it develop into Hashimoto's, right? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and it's frustrating because uh, countless patients come in and they say, "Oh, you know, I just go to my doctor. They draw labs and they say, oh, everything's normal, you know, and and that's it.' And then that's the five minutes. And when you start going into the uh, the different uh, uh, you know minutia, you know, of of what's happening, you know, and and you start investigating those labs and actually dissecting and following the evidence, you know, this is. This is what, what's insane, you know, uh, two things. Number one, that I came to this profession thinking that, I, that, you know, as a practitioner, I was going to be able to treat 
preventative, you know, disease, you know, and, and, and prevent things like cancer and prevent things like diabetes and prevent things like Hashimoto's, you know. In reality, uh, I am still doing sick care. People that are yeah. coming in to see me are sick and I have to fix them and get them feeling better before I can convince someone to start doing preventative care. So, yeah. so you know, hopefully, you know, in the next five, ten years, uh, with things like podcasts, with with things like books and movies and and social media and and all of these these things that we're doing, we're gonna be able to hit enough people to where they are going to be healthier, and they're not gonna come to us for sick care. They're gonna come to us for preventive care, and that's when I'm gonna be like, yeah, I did my job. But until then, you know, I'm going to still be in the trenches, you know, uh, trying to fix as many people as possible to get them into that space where I can start doing preventative medicine, which is the only medicine that we should be practicing. I, I agree. It's, you know, it's funny. I have a good buddy of mine. He's an emergency physician. And I told him when I was becoming a nurse practitioner, I said, I'm going to do it all different, man. I'm going to go natural and I'm going to use my chiropractic background and it's going to be, you know, all natural approach. And he goes, uh, I don't, he goes, I don't know about, you know, preventative medicine because I don't know if there's money in it, but you know, being a nurse <laughs> practitioner is a good idea. That's all he told me. And I was like, all right, well, he's coming from the ER. Right. And so when you have someone who presents with an emergency situation, you order whatever's needed, right? I mean, he, he would tell me, I love the guy to death, but he's like, hey, if they have a migraine, I got to consider doing a lumbar puncture. Well, and I'm so, like, God bless. So, I, I, so before I, became, I came to naturopathic medical school, you know, I worked at a level one trauma center for kids uh, in Orlando, Florida. I was a, an EMT in the emergency department. And listen, you know, I saw miracles. You know, just imagine, you know, I have a friend uh, she, she's a landscaper back in Orlando and, uh, she had an atrial fibrillation. She coded. Okay. And, uh, they called 911. The, uh, paramedics come in, they start doing CPR and they get a pulse. So they take her to the, to the ICU. Okay. And in the ICU, she codes again. Okay. So they, they freeze her down. Basically they, they lower her body temperature to preserve brain function. Um, uh, and she walked out of the ICU a week later with no deficits. That is like a miracle, you know, and we can do amazing things with modern medicine. And, and I miss, you know, uh, emergency medicine. It was amazing. Uh, the problem is that when she was discharged, she was giving orders to eat a healthy diet. So now how is this 50-year-old woman going to decide what a healthy diet is. You know, she's gonna walk into the supermarket and who is teaching her? Is it gonna be, you know, General Mills and Monsanto? Is it going to be Big Farm, Big Pharma? You know, and, and I, I, I was frustrated because cool, you know, we can do amazing things in the now to fix you. You know, if I get into a car accident, don't take me to a naturopath, take me to the emergency department. Uh, yeah, but, but, if I have cancer, if, have, if, if I know someone that has autism, if, if I know someone that has diabetes, they are not going to be able to do anything for them in an emergency department. And I wanted to have that continuum of care. I wanted to change lives. And you can change lives in the emergency department. But I didn't, I, was, I think that was a cop-out. I think that I, that I would 
I would have felt that like uh, uh, I wasn't giving the best care and it was going to be very frustrating. You know, we are taught in school that antibiotics don't kill viruses. And, and, and this is uniform in any, and, and you know, you can go to, uh, uh, to uh, Cairo school, you can go to ND school, you can do an MD, DO school, NP school, PA school. You know, this information is not out of the, it's not crazy, you know. But if it's two o'clock in the morning and your kid has a fever and you depend on your next paycheck to pay your rent and you can't go to work because the babysitter won't take the kid unless they're on an antibiotic, even know that you know that this is a viral infection, you're going to be pushed to write that prescription. And, yeah. and I couldn't live with myself knowing that because of the social pressures and because of the environment that we live in, I would have had to go against my knowledge and prescribe something that wasn't necessary. So, you know, so I love my friends in the emergency department. I think they are doing God's work. You know, they are, an, um, they're amazing people. And yeah, if you, if you have someone that, you know, had a, a febrile seizure, you know, and you know that it's a three to five year old that had a fever of 90, uh, you know, had a temperature of 99 and it spiked to 105 in a matter of minutes, it's probably going to be a febrile seizure and it's going to be normal. But because you have to cover your ass because of this, uh, of the way of this lit uh, litigation uh, healthcare that we live in, you're going to have to scan them and you're going to have to give them radi radiation. You're, you're probably going to have to uh, get a, a spinal tap. You're going to probably have to run a, run a bunch of labs. And in the end, chances are there's probably just a, a febrile seizure. Yeah, but it's a CYA thing, right? Totally, that's, that's 100%. Well, see, the thing is, like, you can say what you want about judgment calls when it comes to practitioners, right? Like if the judgment call is they decide to write the prescription, they do it. They decide to do the lumbar puncture, that's their decision, right? They have to live with it on their clinical decisions. But, you know, for the most part, you're going to have to do what is so-called by the book, right? What the guidelines are, okay. what your boards tell you, right? And I'm, I mean, it's, it's kind of a handcuff, right? Because what happens is, logically speaking, bioidentical hormones make sense. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you, you know, look at the literature, the so-called literature from the board exams, uh, they basically say only give a woman estrogen for five years. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, if you look at the E, uh, my ass because there's that one chance and, that and I miss something and all of a sudden I can slam for it, you know? And, and, and it's unfortunate, but it, yeah, like, it, go ahead. And, and what's funny is that every once in a while, you do find that something. But yeah. you, you scan enough kids, you scan enough people, you, you know, and every once in a while, you are going to find something. And, and maybe it's worth it for that person, you know, for that one person, you know, it's worth it. You know, what's the price of a, of a human life? But if you are sick, the most expensive place to be treated is in the emergency department, yeah. you know, and, oh, yeah. and, and it's insane because like the, in the emergency department where I worked, you know, we had, you know, 30 rooms. Okay. And four trauma bays uh, to take care of basically all the kids in central Florida. It was exclusively for kids. Okay. 
in a perfect world, you know, shit happens. You know, if, 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 you, if you have someone, you know, playing football in the middle of uh, the summer in, in Florida and they get dehydrated or they get heat stroke, you might need to bring them in and give them an IV. And that's the only place where you're going to have trained people to do that, you know. Um, but uh, in a perfect world, an emergency department should have like four rooms and eight trauma bays, you know, and be ready for that catastrophic event. Uh, sometimes kids, you know, uh, uh, have diarrhea and they can get dehydrated so fast, you, you know, and, and it might be a weekend and you can't see the doctor and maybe you need to send them to the emergency department. Cool. But, but the way that we utilize the emergency department because of so many things, you know, insurance policies, litigation, uh, the way that, you know, the, the shitty lives that we live, you know, uh, unfortunately it's an upside down system. Yeah, I I agree. You you pay for people to get so-called healthcare and they might be frequent flyers, right? That so-called term, right? They're coming in and it's every Saturday night they come in and they're just like, "Man, I got my back it's hurting, you know, I need this." Or it's like it's the same thing and you you're not going to turn them away. I mean, you what can't. people say about you by know, law, you can't. You can't. You can't by law. So it's yeah. not like it's not like I mean, essentially, if you look at socialized medicine, right, it's basically saying everyone has a chance to get it because it's like the right. I mean, in this country, if you go into the ER, you're not going to be turned away because it looks like you're broke. That's not going to happen. There's no good doctor out there or practitioner that would say, I'm not going to treat you because I don't see any dollars coming out of your pocket. Like that's, that's just crap. So what happens, unfortunately, is other people get the bill, right? Because, you know, you, you have to I mean, it's incredible you about subsidize, for sure. you subsidize, but the ERs have been able to get away with whatever they want when they come to charging and billing. And so the reason why it's most expensive is because they're allowed to do that, right? Like they're allowed to charge $4,000 a visit, you know, oh, like $4,000. CT scan, but but I, I but there's a couple of reasons why you know like for example, uh, it, it, if if you were to turn someone away and they walk out and they have a stroke or they get hit by lightning or whatever, and you turn them away, now is that doctor's responsibility, so you cannot yeah. turn anyone away. Okay, right. So now let's say this person has zero money and 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 you know they're not gonna be able to uh, to pay. Well, you inflate the prices. Okay, because maybe this person can't pay, but maybe the next person is going to have like that Cadillac insurance. Oh, yeah. And if you charge the real price, you're going to miss out and you're not going to be able to cover for the other person. So the emergency department is kind of forced to inflate these prices. And then, uh, it, but, it, but and, and this is the coolest thing, you know, I wish healthcare kind of like worked like this. You walk into the emergency department and you need any lab and you can run it stat. And you can yeah. have your results within 30 minutes. Like, how cool would it be to have someone yeah. with like, you know, I think I have Hashimoto's. Okay, let's run some labs. I want to stat. And then 30 minutes later, you're like, yeah, you do. You do have it. <laughs> no, yeah. you got to wait 30 minutes and you got to come back in, you know, uh, in three weeks so we can, you know, yeah. reschedule, you know. But because of the, all the technology, because all, of all the, you know, uh, like, for example, for the emergency department, for a level one trauma center to work, you have to have every specialty on call 24-7. Imagine, you know, like for my emergency department, you had to have every specialty in the pediatric flavor 24-7. So you name it, plastic surgery, endocrinology, uh, uh, you know, um, the, it, ortho, orthopedics, uh, 
every single specialty because you don't know what's going to, who's going to show up. You know, kid gets bit by a pit bull. You got to call this plastic surgeon. A kid gets diagnosed with type one diabetes in the middle of the night on a Friday. You got to call the endocrinologist, neurology. You you found a cancer, an oncologist. So all of these people that are on call, even if they don't come into the hospital, they're getting paid. Yeah. It, but in, in, and it's amazing because we should have that. We should, we definitely should have in case of an emergency, we should have access to all these practitioners. And, and listen, I've saw miracles happen. The problem is that 90% of the cases that, we, that I saw in the emergency department were non-emergencies. Yeah. 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 I agree with it. I agree with it. And it's one of the reasons. 90% is what you said? 90%. I mean, I, I, I completely agree with that. But dude, that 10%, you, that 10% oh yeah. where you got to save a life, that 10% where you were doing compressions and the kid starts breathing, dude, it was amazing. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that's why, Damn, that's, that's, awesome. why, that's why most uh, people in healthcare, they'll, they'll eventually just wind up in the ER because they're like, there's, you know, maybe those two cases the whole week where they, you know, it meant something, right? Like all your training came into play and all that. Because the other time, you're right, it is sick care. Going back to the whole idea, it's, it's maintaining, it's keeping a Band-Aid on, right? Because we don't want to change the ways that we live. And for most, if you say 90% of the cases are not emergency cases, you could probably make the sense for like 90% of disease is probably caused by lifestyle. Totally. Right? Like, I mean, totally. it's incredible. So, you know, what are we doing ourselves, putting our bodies, you know, control the food you eat, control the air you breathe. You can't, you can't control the, the water you drink. Hell, this last week we had to boil our water because mm. it rained so much that our lakes and, and rivers got contaminated. And it was incredible because instead of people boiling their water, a lot of people just went to the store and just bought a bunch of bottled water. <laughs> and I was just like, damn, you lazy sons of bitches. Like, I just, I, <laughs> I just don't know what else to say. Like, boil some damn water and, uh, you know, it's a kind of pain in the butt. But it's essentially like I'm not going to waste like 10,000 bottles just because, you know, it's inconvenient for me to brush my teeth. Because yeah. all those chemicals yeah. in the non-BPA plastic. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, 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 but, but, you know, we, we like convenience. I love technology, you know, and bottled water is a technology. Uh, and, and sometimes that, that technology can save lives, you know. Uh, but, but when the technology becomes so cheap that we can just rely on technology, that's when we start getting, you know, uh, into trouble. You know, like uh, we, you hear a lot about standing desks. And how, you know, uh, how desks, you know, like uh, sitting is the new smoking. Well, standing yeah. is the new sitting, you know, because you, it's not only necessary for you to pace around and, you know, uh, or just, just stand up, you know, being in one place is not enough. You know, we need to walk, you know, uh, and, and any, any technology that we, we were backwards, you know, uh, we suffered from famine and, and we would go periods of time without food so what do we do we invent technology so we don't have to anymore and we get so damn good at it that now you know uh just just a thought experiment you know how long would it take for a hunter gatherer to go gather enough food for a day you know how many hours how many miles of 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 you know foraging and uh and uh, stalking uh you know prey or whatever you know and then and then now in modern day how many calories can you get from a 
convenience store with five bucks. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, now try, you know, try that thought experiment, you know, and, and that's a really cool thing to do. You know, try going to the, play this game. Next time you go to, uh, to a convenience store, try to see how many calories you can get with five bucks. So <laughs> in, in, in Toronto, they, they were selling this, uh, this, this Reese's peanut butter cup frap frappe, you know, whatever for three ninety nine, three ninety nine, you could get 2,100 calories. Yep. For $3.99. What's also funny that it's like it's been five bucks for many years. Like, is there no inflation or is it just getting, you know, even we cheaper? We just get better at producing things, you know? <laughs> uh, another thing that I noticed, you know, I went to a restaurant not long ago and, and I was at a steakhouse, you know, and I was looking at, they, they had all the calories next to, the, next to each meal. And uh, all of the steaks, none of the steaks were over 720 calories. None of the steaks were over 720 calories. So like the big, big ass porterhouse, you know, fucking delicious, 720 uh, uh, calories for around 18 ounces of meat. Every single fucking salad was 2,100 calories. And like we get taught by, you know, by pressure, social pressure. And we get taught by, you know, by just learning, oh, you got to eat a salad. You got to eat a salad. So then you go to this nice ass restaurant and you're like, oh, I got to be good. I'm going to eat a salad. Now, two things. It's fucked up because you're missing out on an amazing steak. And now you're eating salad at a steakhouse and you're still eating more calories than you should be. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it, but, but how do we go back and on oh, it's a bigger profit too. It's yeah, a bigger to profit totally. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's iceberg lettuce. It's never spinach. It's never spinach at those steakhouses. It's always iceberg lettuce. And you I'm know, like, funny. they cut this. They cut the salad, and it's like the the block of lettuce, right? And they're like that shit costs thirty cents, and they're charging twenty dollars for this head of lettuce right here. You know, dude, I, I'm a I'm a basic you know uh, uh, motherfucker, you know, and I, I my favorite salad is a, it's a wedge salad. <laughs> I just yeah. love eating a quarter of an iceberg iceberg lettuce with some tomatoes and some bacon and a shit ton of ranch. That's my favorite yeah. salad. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's what you get. That's what your option is when you go to like most restaurants. You get that, or like they'll throw in the Caesar. Like but that's dude, it. Like, that's that fucking choice. that fucking salad is so fucking delicious. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, the, it's the bacon and the ranch. That's it's what it really is. Just give me a bacon and ranch soup. Uh, yeah, you, you know, know you know, uh, you know what Diana Rogers calls uh, iceberg lettuce. Was that crunchy water? Water. Yeah, because that's exactly what it is. That's it's all just it is. Is you just took Nothing. you just took water and resources and you made it crunchy. Yeah. But damn, do you feel good eating crunchy water? You know, like well, you feel good about yourself. It is because it's cold and it is crunchy. Like we love that, and that's why we love snacking, right? Like we yeah, love too. chips, right? Because I can't stop that, eating chips. Yeah, I can't either. That's why siete, <laughs> so, I found out about siete chips and plantain chips. It's over. That's what I always go to. I mean, guys, nothing else. You guys have a sweet tooth? Oh God, I do, man. I've been no Chocolate. sugar. I've been no sugar for the past two months, and I cannot wait for Halloween. I because I'm, I'm tomorrow. I'm, Tomorrow I'm gonna eat all that crap, and I'm, my body's gonna flip out, and I'm gonna say no more after that. Just maybe a couple bites, and then and that's all I could probably handle. So, so. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those weird people. That don't have a sweet tooth. I have zero. You don't have a sweet tooth? Nope, sure. not at all. Not at all. You know, you're now you're so lucky. 
Now you you put a bag of chips in front of me, and and I oh yeah I stop eating. You know you put you know you, you put it, hot sauce on it. Of course, Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but sure. but yeah, it's, it, and it's funny because you like in it like Thanksgiving. Uh, I rather have another plate of turkey than than have pie. Like I don't, I really don't care about cookies yeah. and pie and all of that. Um, yeah, well, like here. Like, for example, barbecue is obviously huge in Texas, but, you know, Mexican food is the same way. Like fajitas and all that, like, you're just not going to go to just anyone's, you know, house and eat that because you're like, I can cook it better myself, right? <laughs> and so, like, apple pie is not all that common as much as, like, you know, cooking brisket or, like, yeah. babacoas, but, you know, it's like a delicacy. So, I'll go out of my way to eat some more babacoa than I would, you know, another slice of cornbread or something like yeah. that or, you know, baked beans or something. You know, I don't give a shit about that, you know, but – uh you know, when it comes to Thanksgiving, I'm probably more going to be paleo than anything else. So I'm just going to eat like a ton of turkey and, you know, brisket. They even serve tamales too, you know, yes. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some of those, like, you know, at least six. Yeah. <laughs> right? Hey, but, real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I wanted to touch with you, mention what you got to mention is I want to talk a little bit about NAD for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And just to see what you've seen over there. Well, so NAD – NAD is a weird one because uh, we're not allowed as naturopaths to use it. And what? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I've heard, you know, so I, naturopathic, the naturopathic profession, you know, because we have someone, we have access to all these crazy things, you know, they're, we're a little bit more scrutinized when, whenever we, uh, we start doing uh, things like that. Like, for example, did you know that ALA is illegal now? Alpha lipoic acid? Alpha lipoic acid IVs are illegal. And Why? Uh, FDA just ruled it uh, about four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Uh, yeah. And, and listen, and listen, uh, my, one of my go-tos for neuropathy was yep. alpha lipoic acid IV. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, you know, so this is, this is like really interesting because uh, we have a lot of, um, you know, naturopaths, you know, we use a lot of IVs, you know, um, and uh, we have uh, people that go to, uh, to Congress and they talk uh, to the FDA and, and Congress and, and, you know, in, in regard to these interventions. Uh, and there's a list, and I can email it to you guys. Um, of all the things that are on the cutting block for IVs. And you want to tell me something about it right now. I want to know. Yeah. Please. Yeah. So, so on the cutting block and I'm not lying. Okay. On the cutting block, methylcobalamin. What? Methylcobalamin right. is on the, on the cutting board. Cause it's uh, going to be a prescription. No, not even prescription on illegal to use as an IV. God. Yeah. So methylcobalamin, uh, Glutathione is on the cutting block. Uh, curcumin, we, which, you know, there has been a couple of cases of curcumin, you know, anaphylaxis through IV. Alpha lipoic acid is gone. In fact, yeah. in the ruling, uh, they said that alpha lipoic acid and IV should not be used. The only form of alpha lipoic acid that can be used is uh, oral. And it would be... Um, uh, irresponsible for anyone to recommend alpha lipoic acid for anything other than neuropathy. 
So, you know, because alphalopoca, you know, alphalopoca acid <laughs> only works for neuropathy. It's not a precursor to uh, ATP and, you know, it's not, you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, there's this huge list uh, and it, it all came down. So a couple of years ago, uh, there was a couple, there, there was some uh, talk about compounding and how compounding was uh, dangerous because I don't know if you guys remember, there was a case in Boston where people were using dexamethasone for intrathecal or inside your, uh, your spine. And, yeah. uh, and then the, the compounded medication that was made and ordered, you know, it was an order from a, natur- from a naturopath. It wasn't, it wasn't ordered by a functional medicine practitioner. It was ordered by, by an MD, okay? And they compounded this dexamethasone and it had fungus. And a lot of people, uh, you know, like 20 cases of fungal meningitis and people died, you know, and, and the FDA was like, oh, compounding is crazy. You know, we just had all these people and, and for some reason, they are focusing hard on nutritional IVs. And at this moment, you know, you know what happened to vitamin C, vitamin C, uh, you know, was patented by this company, McGough, uh, and now you can only get vitamin C through McGough. Uh, and and they they patented the product and now it's it's called Ascar and uh, and now that's the only way you can get vitamin C. But right now, uh, it, it September first was when uh, alpha lipoic acid was cut. Uh, on September first, uh, there was a big meeting and there was a whole list of IV medications that were just struck down. And just like that, you know, because in my practice we don't deal with gray. You know, we had a bunch of bottles of alphalipoic acid and we just grab them and put them in the trash because uh, they're just looking for something to make an example out of, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, and so, then, so, so back, back to NAD, you know? So in Canada, NAD is perfectly legal. And I have a bunch of my, my uh, some of my mentors, Dr. Trevor Hoffman out of Calgary, uses a lot of NAD and he's seen a lot of really cool results. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, he was teaching a, a, a seminar down here in, in Arizona and he was talking about like the awesomeness of NAD. And then someone rest, raises their hand and is like, yeah, we can't get NAD in Arizona. So that 30 minute presentation was just a big tease. Uh, yeah. Cause you know, you know all about it. Like, you know yeah. exactly what it's possibly going to do. And right now, like just, the excitement that we have, we, uh, we just, I know we're late to the game, but it's not just because it, we just decided now is the right time, but we're going to do telomere testing. Right. And so the cool. idea is like, you know, if we're going to talk about mitochondrial dysfunction and, and basically sell, you know, repair through DNA repair, you know, we need measurements. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, venturing out going forward, you know, shifting back to the talk of IVs, you know, the fact that you even said you had curcumin, I remember we talked about this, that you were like, oh, we can get it, that extract into an IV. Yep. And I, 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 I'll call it around and people are like, no, no, you, I, we don't do it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, all right, let me find, let me find it. So that one, and the one you referred me to, they don't have a Texas license. And so wow. I was like, man, I was like, that's a big tease right there too because the truth is if, if it comes down to where we're going to have to go international, go do this stuff, I'm going to continue to do it because it's, it's, it's that therapeutic. I've seen the benefits. You've seen the benefits you know what it can do to people. So, so the, the Nobel Prize uh, a couple of years ago was given for uh, a medicine uh, 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 called artinocet, 
you know, and it's art, an artemisium extraction, okay? And this company in uh, Germany has a patent for it, and they were making artemisium, uh, the artemisium, uh, in IV form. And it was, be, it, it, it was being used very successfully uh, for cancer treatment, you know? And then, uh, and then this pharmacy out of California got the rights to distribute this medicine in the United States. And the FDA put so much pressure on them that they said, you know what? Fuck it. We're not gonna we're not gonna do it anymore. And now you can't get this medication anymore. Uh, like at all in Europe? It, you can get it from Europe, but 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 it's illegal to export medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh so yeah, it's 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 very crazy, you know, uh, and it's just so important for everyone to be aware of this because these are very safe practices and these are very, uh, you know, uh, long-standing uh, uh, things that we have thousands of data points on people getting better with this, uh, with this type of medicine, with this, with this infusions. And, and uh, with the stroke of a pen, that all of this can go away. Yeah, I know. I've, I've, I've looked at that. I've heard about the glutathione. That was that that's been a talk for a couple of years now. The vitamin C was, I think a couple of years ago that I was hearing about it. Uh, I'm not surprised about methylcobalamin. I mean, I, I remember there was a rep that came in a couple months ago and he dropped off. Um, I'm going to mispronounce his Metanix, Metanix, Metanix or something. M-A-T-A-N-X. It's a prescription medical food. They call mm -hmm. it P5P methylcobalamin and methyl tetrahydrofolate. Mm -hmm. And, I was like, okay, that's not a bad supplement at all. Those are things that we give here in the clinic and all that, right? That's awesome. But you look at the ingredients, there was all, you know, food dyes and preservatives and all this other crap. And it was, it was horrible. Dextrose. Yeah. And, Dextros, I, yeah, and was I was like, like the second thing on the, on the <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, like, I was like, come on, man, you're going to bastardize our vitamins that we get in the most purest form. And I've, I've never seen medicine work so well Yeah. when it comes to, when it comes to restoring health. Now, medicine we both agree on antibiotics. Hey, you have a staph infection, you need some antibiotics, right? I mean, there's not a doubt in my mind. Not to say there's not options out there if you want to take a risk, but most people are not going to take that risk, right? So if you look at, let's say that a person has nothing to lose, right? They've been diagnosed with whatever, and they're just like, hey, all they're giving me is chemo, and I don't like this. Yeah. You know, I, I found this, and this helps me feel better. You know, this, this is just an, an adjunct. It's not a replacement. It could be just an adjunct because or, it's going to help. Or worse, you know, you go, you know, uh, my girlfriend's mom passed away from cancer. And uh, at some point, you know, she was doing the allopathic treatment. And, and you know, uh, it, all those guys, you know, everyone, any, any, any person out there that dedicates their, their, their life to cancer, you know, that, that's a tough profession, you know, and, and she had decided to go the, 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 the conventional way, you know, and she was doing all the treatments. And then one day she calls and she's like, Hey, you know, I just had a talk with my oncologist and, uh, they can't do anything else for me. And that's it. That was the end of the relationship with that oncologist. That oncologist called the meeting and I was like, yeah, we can't do anything else. And Let's say that you decided to go that way and now they're telling you there's nothing else we can do for you. And you have someone like you guys willing to help and giving another option, you know, maybe yeah. giving a ray of light 
And now we, they have no other option. Yeah. Um, Which well, is like, if anything, at least feel good about like, you know, yeah, to, you know. it might not cure your cancer, you know, but maybe it will decrease your, your uh, cachexia. Maybe it will decrease your, your, uh, your nausea. Maybe, you know, if you get high dose uh, vitamin D, maybe it will reduce some of those cancerous cells. Uh, and, and doing it responsibly and doing it, you know, uh, just to help the, you know, people that have no other choice. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys, you know, uh, would advise against someone, you know, just wanting to do, and I just want to do Meyer cocktails for my melanoma. You'd probably be like, no, dude, you know, you, yeah, but, but <laughs> no, I will help you, you know, but I will help you. Um, well, it's, it's safe. That's the thing yeah. that I just don't understand. From an efficacy standpoint, it's a no-brainer. But from a safety standpoint, it's like, what are the side effects of giving someone methylcobalamin injections? The side effects are ATP production, detoxification, activation of the methylation cycle, and production of serotonin and dopamine. No, no, what are the side effects? I don't know. Maybe they're a little sore from the shot. You know, that's about it. You know, be yellow for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's the side effects from uh, sleep better. <laughs> what's what's uh, pregabalin, you know, and, and Lyrica? It's like, well, side effects include nausea, swollen lips, blurry vision. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's like, well, we're forced to say, here's our hands tied again. You have to take this medication. That's the only thing that your insurance is going to approve or what the board says is the drug of choice. And oh, yeah, by the way, it's $400 a month. You know, and, 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 you know, those commercials that everyone sees on the evening news, those are essentially the most expensive medications that, that people want you to take. And when, and you know this too, when you have someone who would come, uh, you know, promote a medicine or promote a new medical device or something, uh, that's informative, just like they're doing for the public, right? You have to inform the practitioner. This is why you want to prescribe this new thing, you know, this, this new thing for your patients. Um, it was always followed up with, and the insurance is going to reimburse for this, and it'll pay for this if you failed these other types of medications. And it wasn't necessary after a while that it was like, oh, this is the best drug of choice for it. It's like, we're going to prescribe this because insurance is going to pay for this. Yeah. And they won't be calling us 10 times throughout the day for prior authorizations for our billing department. You know, And it sucks because you, you look at that. I mean, you're still a business. You're, it's, you're still a business, but you look at that and you say, how did I help this person today? And, and if you help them with this medication, so be it. But it's like, okay, did we prevent the inevitable? Did we try to restore something? Or are we just prolonging, you know, uh, the yeah, the inevitable? Because what we're looking at is if someone has diabetes, let's take type 2, for example. You go to that traditional doctor the A1C is probably at like 5.6, right? Borderline, like, you know where it's going, right? It's been going up ever since, you know, the past couple of years. Doctor's like, all right, man, you need to eat right and you need to go exercise. And the guy's like, dude, if I knew that shit, I would be in this situation. What do I do? The doctor who's overweight or whatever is like, oh, I don't know. Go see this dietitian. The dietitian is like, whole wheat bread's cool for you. You can do whole wheat bread because it's healthy for you. And, you know, you can do, you know, potatoes instead of, you know, eating that steak, you know, and stay away from the chicken eggs and eat stay away salad from the next time you go to a eat a salad, eat a salad, <laughs> eat an iceberg salad, because you know, it's the most healthy thing that you can find at that steakhouse. And you just, you cringe because you're like, man, we're, we're giving them bad information from the start. These people are being set up to fail. And so when you talk about people like you and I, and, 
and and any of the practitioners that are across the country here, there's a war that's going on because you have to really, you have to give a shit, right? To get these people to say, hey, why don't you pay attention to your body and listen to what it's trying to tell you, man? You just didn't wake up with diabetes one day unless you were diagnosed at a young age, right? Like your belly got bigger over the span of six years because you didn't do portion control and everything was deep fried in peanut or corn oil, right? And you're drinking diet soda because you think it's better than regular soda because you watch TV all the time. You know, it's like, come on. Well, but, you know, in, in, in all of these interventions that we are, that, 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 uh, that were, you know, uh, you, you said something, uh, and I like to, to reframe things, you know, uh, most of the patients that I'm taking off, you know, that I'm putting on different medications, you know, uh, they, those medications, uh, you know, that, that patient didn't fail those medications, those medications failed that patient, you know, uh, that we don't have, uh, you know, uh, uh, metformin deficiency you know we don't have a lyrica deficiency and it's very yeah. interesting you know because you know uh yesterday james maskell we're like he was saying you know we're going to hell in a handbasket you know like they the people laughed about you know people still think about the roman empire and how it failed you know and and like right now dude times 10 and and just think about it, you know, it, it was there was so much excess in that Roman Empire, you know, they 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 had these huge parties, and then and then they would eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat, okay, and then they would go to the vomitorium and they would make themselves throw up, so they could go back and eat more. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and that's funny, you know, because that's actually a lie that that never existed. There was no such thing as a vomitorium, okay, but. It, it, it it's um it's insane that you know in in a hundred years when aliens destroy our planet you know they're gonna be sitting above us and they're gonna be talking to little alien kids about the American Empire and they're gonna tell those kids you know those fucking Americans they were so fucking fat and they got <laughs> so much and they became insulin resistant they went to the doctor and they started injecting insulin into their stomachs so they could continue eating and that's <laughs> the fucking truth yep. we are <laughs> I've seen that i've seen it my i had a family member and i'll tell you this right now in chiropractic school i learned all my nutrition it was incredible this guy came in one day and he said cow milk's the worst thing you can put in your body and i was like all right you got my attention go on, you know? And so he tells me, they tell me shit that's like milk is tied to schizophrenia and osteoporosis and insulin resistance. And I was like, what? I thought milk does the body good. So I went home and regurgitated all this to my family member. I'm not going to mention them by name, but that family member sat across from me and after a home cooked meal proceeded to have a slice of cake <laughs> and a little glass of milk. And I was telling them, I was like, Hey, like you shouldn't drink that. Because, and here's why. And I just told him everything. And he looks at me. He's like, uh-huh. Okay, cool. He eats his little pies or cake or whatever. And then he takes his milk and drinks all of it. And I looked at him. And he basically reaches over and pulls out an insulin needle. And then stabs <laughs> himself in the stomach. And gives himself an insulin shot. And he said, all right, mijo, good night. You know, I'm going to go to bed. Basically. 
And so I was like, I'm not going to be able to tell this guy anything. Like, he does not, like, it, he, didn't, it didn't matter at all but, what but, I had to know, say. This He's a biohacker. He's a biohacker. He's a biohacker. <laughs> this is how we treat diabetes in the United States. You know, we cover carbs, which is the most idiotic thing that we can do. We basically see how many carbs that pizza has see how many carbs that you know a slice of cake has and then we dial up the insulin to be able to cover them and, and it's like what like it's not <laughs> you got into this problem you know if you're a type 2 diabetic that's depending on insulin because your pancreas thought it was a really bad idea to cover those carbs but now we create technology so you don't have to worry about your pancreas not working anymore. You can just yep. dial them up. And and that's how we treat that's how we treat diabetes, you know, and 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 it's such a crazy backwards way of treating disease. It would be I, I, it, would, it would be like, you know, like uh it, it, you know, taking penicillin uh, in, in covering your penicillin because you know you're going to go have an STD. You're going to go get an STD and you need yeah. to know, you know how, much, how many times do you have to have sex and, and, and take enough penicillin to cover for the possible uh, STD. Use a damn condom. You know, stop being a dumbass. Yeah. You know? um, it's like enabling disease, right? Like that's, basically that's exactly what, what we're doing. We enable disease. Yeah. In any procedure, any type of intervention that is aimed at not uh, uh, enabling disease, but actually reversing disease, somehow is alternative and quacky and and you know and crazy, and we shouldn't be doing that. Uh, but I, and, and almost illegal, and it almost in and, and borderline illegal. Well, <laughs> I I could tell you right now, it it's funny you say this, but I I know we got to go here because it's getting late. But I'll tell you this: I know by the sound of it. You're in this for the long haul. Oh, totally, and, man. And, and and we are too. Uh, you know, we put our we put our flag in in the ground a long time ago. We planted that and said, "Hey, this is something that people need to know about." So if it means that we have to go travel and speak every single weekend, get in front of the camera and utilize social media to promote the word, we can do it. Um, I off, you know, I used to be kind of a you know, kind of conspiracy theorist kind of guy to be like, well, you know, what can we do to change? You know, really, what, what can we do to fight the system and all that? And the truth is, it's education. And, yeah. and that's, that's really all we have. And, but it's a powerful tool because education can start revolutions. Education can change the status quo. Education can help people rise above it. And I really do believe that the word is going to get out there so much to where you're not going to have a choice but to recognize that things like methylcobalamin are essential for your health because yeah. they're essentially part of your biochemistry. And every research article out there that would tell you otherwise is full of it because we know in our biochemistry books that they talk about methylcobalamin and we know about a methylation cycle. And if anything else, if 23andMe is going to you know, be bought out by Amazon one day, everyone is going to have their methylation factor tested at one point. So everyone's going to walk around knowing exactly what their gene is and, and how it's mutated. So I mean, it's going to happen. You know, that's exactly what we, we need. And I, I, I tell you right now, I think you and your whole crew is, 
is a, a godsend because you get to help people feel better and you get to you get to provide a new outlook on their life and if anything else every time you talk to someone maybe they'll share it with a loved one and then you spread the word right and then yeah. another person tells someone else and, and and that's what's funny that we don't know who we're touching you know we're not we don't yeah. know who we're reaching so you know share this you know uh if you find a good blog share it you know like those pictures you know uh vote with your likes vote with your money you know go to your farmer's market go talk you know go uh uh, vote with those restaurants that are doing it right. You know, like I know Picnic over there in Austin is like killing it. You know, James yeah, yeah, Maskell, you know, signs his emails with, you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. You know, so the only way that we're going to change the current healthcare system is by us Instead of spending money on Lyrica and, and, and on um, Metformin, spending money on organic food, spending money on, 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 you know, on a grass-fed meat, spending money on things that matter. And, and guess, what, guess what would happen if McDonald's all of a sudden says, holy shit, no one's buying our grain-fed uh, beef and they're all going to that other restaurant that's doing grass-fed. If McDonald's tomorrow decided to start buying nothing but grass-fed beef, it would happen. Like, and guess what? And maybe you don't want to eat at McDonald's, but if McDonald's, one of the biggest buyers of beef, went grass-fed, basically every single restaurant in the, in the United States would, because of inertia, would go grass-fed. Yeah. So, so vote make let's make this system obsolete you know yeah. don't go don't make it profitable for hospitals to treat at the emergency department don't make it profitable for 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 a convenience store to sell 3000 uh calorie uh uh shakes you know make it profitable for for that farmer uh, for, for that farmer to to plant some damn broccoli you know make it profitable and and then we are going to invent ways of making this the the new normal. I love it. Perfect. That's that well said. Bravo. And I I love the passion. I I know for our listeners, they're probably gonna want to follow you and follow your journey and see what else you're doing. Uh where where can they find you? Tell us about your business. Tell, tell me, your yeah, tell me yeah. real quick about 3030 30 yeah. Strong. Tell our two other listeners, please. So 3030 Strong is a crazy endeavor that I that I started when uh, when I was in uh, uh, year two of medical school, and uh, I, I I was presenting all over the United States as a student, and I was like, what if someone ever asks me, so where's what's your website? So I was like, oh, I'll create a website and actually I'll create a blog and I'll start a podcast because I'm an idiot. You know, it's a lot of work to have a podcast. People don't understand. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, and so I started this thing and, and, and it kind of went kind of crazy. And, and, and it's, uh, I haven't written for the blog in a while and I need to go back and do that because I really enjoy writing. But it takes me a lot of time to put something that is half decent yeah. oh, together. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, so I, I, I started that and then I started my podcast, 3030Health. You can go, you can go to 3030Health.com and get the, the, the podcast. Uh, 
And then uh, I work uh, at Integrative Health in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I work uh, on, on uh, in uh, under. Uh, I'm doing a residency in endocrinology with Alan Christensen, who is the endocrinology guy. Uh, so, uh, as an atheist. I know what it feels to be blessed, uh, and, uh, and and it's just the the dream job, you know. Like learning, you know, we we have meetings where we learn directly from him, and and he teaches us, you know, uh, what to do. And he has time to go and investigate the evidence, and we're cutting edge on everything that we do. Uh, it, it's just a fantastic enterprise. Um, and then uh, I, I I do a lot of you know uh, I, I like going on stages. I, I, I enjoy presenting at, you know, like at AHS or the Ancestral Health Symposium or Paleo FX. The Spark Conference, I was just there. I'm going to Portland and I'll be at NCNM doing a conference for biotics. And I'm going to be talking about the most evolutionarily sound diet. Spoiler alert, it's very paleo-like. Um, and I'm going to talk about how paleo can be low carb and how paleo can be high carb and how paleo can be, you know, like uh, almost plant-based in different scenarios where you would change that paradigm. And who's to say that someone that can't process protein because they're, they're in kidney failure that is eating almost a vegan diet with a little bit of uh, fish oil and who's to say that that's not paleo? <clears throat> you know, someone that has type 2 diabetes and it has to go into a more ketogenic approach, but is doing it with whole foods and grass-fed beef and, you know, in a, in a, in a uh, really smart way. Who's to say that that's not paleo? So paleo diet is what is the best diet for you right now on your current continuum of health? And that changes. You know, yeah. so if, if you, if you want to go run marathons and, and, you know, maybe you need to eat more carbs. And if you're getting them from like whole sources, who's to say that that's not paleo? So um, just talking uh, about that and chronic pain and diet and that nexus. So that's, that's, that's a lot of fun. That's, that's awesome. You're a busy guy. You're oh, a busy guy. Well, thank you. Thank you. I know it took us a while to kind of get yeah, it. I know, man. But, but it was fun. It was well worth it. Um, I, we definitely want to have you on again. Uh, we can continue the conversation yeah. every time. Every time I do a podcast, I learn something new, and every time I talk to you, I, I learn something else. So uh, it's it's been it's been fun, and uh, I well, look forward to seeing you next next yeah, next time. We're gonna have Allison. Okay. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. We'll it, was gonna be, it was gonna be the four of us, and anytime someone says something that is depressing, we're gonna take a shot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what would be eight shots in right now? <laughs> Nine shots. Yeah, in. yeah, that's true. That yeah, is true. Probably about the middle of the uh, the, the podcast. It got a little blue there. So. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, so, so next time is gonna be happy podcast. Okay. Happy yeah. podcast. Happy happy, podcast. No, I, I, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't be more thrilled. We we covered quite a bit of it, and yeah. uh, like I said, you're a man of medicine. And I applaud everything you're doing, and, and thank you for taking the well, time. Thank to, you, to get on thank you guys uh, for what you do, and 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 keeping it out there real in in Austin, because I know Texas can be really cookie. Yeah, it is. It is. You can yeah. see you can see what's yeah. going on in politics right now. So, yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah. But no, but but thank you. And when you come to Austin, man, definitely we'll go to picnic. We'll go to uh, buy tea. Awesome, dude. They, uh, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. I'll talk thank to you, you so soon. Much, man. Thanks, bye bye. Bye.